This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Thanks for listening to Star Lores. If you like the show, please consider subscribing and giving a five star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also help us make more great content by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com. We would also love to hear from you on social media. You can follow Star Lores on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. field created by all living things it surrounds us and penetrates us it binds the galaxy together maybe the single hardest topic surrounding the star wars galaxy Uh, the force is one of the fundamental pillars of the mythos the force is an etheric gestalt energy that constitutes all living things it sometimes is described as a consciousness with a will the will of the force and a spiritual destiny for individuals. This force personification is viewed as a universal conscience that absorbs the essence of all living things. As Obi-Wan says, it pervades the galaxy and all life. It, can not, it cannot exist without life, and in turn life cannot, presumably, live without the force. The two are inextricably linked. So just to break it down a little bit, we'll look at the aspects of the Force. Uh, In order to understand the cosmic complexity of the Force, scholars have attempted to study it as four subcategories, or aspects, at least within Orthodox Jedi philosophy. The first one that we'll get into is the Living Force. The Living Force was the concept of the Force as it pertains to its connection through all life. It describes the connection shared by all living things. It comprised both the dark and light side and emphasized mindfulness of actions in the present and how it relates to future consequences and living in the present. Study of the living force allowed some force sensitives to retain their consciousness after death and return as a force ghost. What are force sensitives? They're simply individuals or species that are greater uh, instinctive ability to sense or use the force. While the force pervades all life, not all life is actively able to sense or use the force, and there are varying degrees of sensitivity, which will be explored in depth in a little bit. They can also be called force users, and if they follow a particular philosophy of the force, they may be identified as Jedi, Sith, or something else. 
The next aspect of the force is the unifying force. Describe the force within space and time and all physical bodies from stars and planets to atoms. It is described as having neither light nor dark, instead being a unified whole, with light and dark being only interpretations of the force as a whole. The unifying force is focused on the future. Precognition and prophecy often become abilities and priorities for those with this understanding. Those who believed in the unifying force saw the force as a whole and did not believe in the light or dark dichotomy, but instead believed that the force was a neutral entity and it was the user who was responsible for their actions. Then the cosmic force. The cosmic force is the unifying gestalt energy of the force. It is the locus of power and is the wellspring of energy that flows into the other aspects of the force. When life dies in the material plane, its essence or force energy is returned back to the cosmic force and the living entity's consciousness becomes one with that of the universal galactic energy. This is where the term <clears throat> becoming one with the force originates. Finally, we have the physical force, and it simply describes how the force interacts with the physical objects in tangible ways and is often expressed through abilities that a force user might develop and techniques they can learn, such as using the force to push objects or levitate them. The most common understanding of the force was that of the duality that exists, that both adherents of the Jedi and the Sith believed that of the light side and the dark side. According to this understanding, the light side is comprised of good emotions, hope, selflessness, honesty, compassion, and self-sacrifice, calmness, and detachment, while the dark side drew its power from selfishness, anger, fear, and hatred, raw emotion, and passion. Each side of the force also had a set of abilities that could only be used when tapping into the light or the dark. This duality was not the only view of the force, as other belief systems that put more stock in the unifying force, such as Grey Jedi and the Potentium, believes that there is no part of the force that was inherently good or evil, and it was the intent of the user that determined the actions good or evil. Midi Chlorians are a microscopic life form that resides within all living cells. They live inside me. Inside your cells, yes. And we are symbionts with them. Symbionts? Life forms living together for mutual advantage. Without the Midi Chlorians, life could not exist, and we would have no knowledge of the Force. They continually speak to us, telling us the will. Although there is a heavy spiritual mystical conceptualization of the Force, there's also a scientific component as well. Metachlorians were microscopic organisms that lived symbiotically with cells of all living things and were intelligent and acted as a means to channel Force energy, communicating with their host. The more metachlorians an individual had within their cells, the more sensitive they were to the Force and able to manipulate it more easily. The Jedi Order could measure the potential of a Force-sensitive by the number of metachlorians in a potential candidate's bloodstream. Counts would vary from individual to individual and race to race, with some races having naturally stronger connections to the Force than others. The average human would have around 2,500 metachlorians, provided no connection to the Force, an average Force-sensitive could have as many as 5,000, and the highest recorded metachlorian count belonged to Anakin Skywalker with an excess of 20,000 metachlorians per cell. 
Despite these generalities, Metachlorians' count was not necessarily indicative of a Force user's ultimate mastery of the Force. Due to their symbiotic relationship with living organisms, Metachlorians could also be manipulated to create life. Additionally, Metachlorians could be used in medical treatment, with Metachlorian-rich blood transfusions that were capable of sustaining life in an otherwise dying creature, but will not otherwise bestow any greater levels of Force sensitivity to the host. Additionally, Drugs, such as anesthetics, could also decrease metachlorian count, or conversely, drugs derived from the Boda plant were known to heighten a force user's power. Despite biological markers and empirical analysis through metachlorians, no definitive conclusions were made between the tangible scientific elements and the metaphysical properties of the force, with only correlating evidence and not causal to explain metachlorian count and force sensitivity. During the waning years of the Jedi Order, the scientific study of the Force became taboo due to the increasingly invasive attempts to unlocking the biological component of the Force, and a greater emphasis was brought back towards the spiritual aspects. As the Jedi discovered the Force could not be constrained to strict biological explanations, and a strong spiritual component remained a vital part in understanding and communing with it as an entity. Techniques including meditation, practicing mindfulness, and the Force's ability to manifest itself independent of a practitioner. Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. And my sister has it. It is unclear how force sensitivity is determined beyond the birth of an individual, nor is its biological connection fully understood, other than certain species manifesting a specific force sensitive trait. Some theorize that it can be inherited as a genetic trait, and there have existed families with strong ties to the Force, including the Skywalker family or the Katarn family, or are other passive racial traits like those exhibited by the Targuta or the Rakata. Despite this, there also exist children of the Force-sensitive parents who do not inherit those abilities, and non-Force-sensitive parents who have Force-sensitive children, which could point to a recessive Mendelian trait or may have a non-biological explanation. Jedi and the Sith, although the most prominent philosophers on the Force, do not have a monopoly on its use or understanding. Because of the mystical properties of the Force, and Force Sensitive's ability to naturally detect its presence, a number of religious interpretations unique to certain groups and races had appeared around the galaxy or cultish offshoots of mainstream Jedi and Sith teachings, such as the Witches of Dothamir, or non-religious affiliated force users such as the Imperial Knights, all of which, in the interest of time and depth, will have to be explored in future episodes. As previously mentioned, individuals or species that are able to sense and or manipulate the force are known as force sensitives or force users. They can be affiliated with philosophies like the Jedi or Sith, but are not synonymous with them and may not even know from where their particular powers originate. While force sensitivity is an inherent trait and can sometimes be latent in an individual, no known examples exist of a non-force sensitive person becoming force sensitive later in life, nor have any examples of artificial means to infuse an individual with force powers have ever been documented. Despite this sensitivity and power levels vary with abilities being unlocked with training, and artificial means have been known to enhance an individual's pre-existing force ability by scientific, chemical, or simply physical force saturated regions within the galaxy.
There have been a number of Force-sensitive individuals who have had unique or extraordinary powerful connections to the Force, either naturally or through some deeper understanding. It is difficult to rank Force users, but a brief list of exceptionally talented individuals or having a unique relationship with the Force throughout Star Wars history, whether by training, natural talent, or both, would include the likes of Anakin Skywalker, who was known to have the highest metachlorian count discovered by the Jedi Order, and was exceptionally gifted with the Force. His son, Luke Skywalker, Yoda, and Darth Revan were also uniquely gifted, along with ancient Jedi and Sith, such as Nomi Sunrider or Exar Kun. While many species exhibit individuals who are sensitive to the Force and varying frequencies, some species exhibit an innate racial trait that gives them a unique connection to the Force. Some non-sentient animals also display a natural force sensitivity, and even some plants were connected to the force. Additionally, some species also exhibited resistance to the force and were able to dampen or outright nullify its effects. There are a myriad of talents and ability that the force can bestow on a force sensitive. Some talents are active or passive, and can be learned or improved on by a practitioner who chooses to focus their training on a particular technique. It is said that some abilities tap into light and dark energy and may therefore be avoided by a follower of the light or dark side. Other times these abilities might be innate to a species that had a particular force sensitivity or may be used unwittingly by a force sensitive that has not yet come to understand the nature of their talent. These abilities had a range of effects and included enhan enhancements to one's natural abilities, influence over others, or ability to manipulate physical objects with the mind. Not all Force users were able to use all Force powers. Often based on a user's skill and ability, some techniques were kept secret or required some form of esoteric knowledge, as well as whether or not the ability would manifest with dark or light energy. Such abilities included, but are no means limited to, telekinesis, the ability to influence thoughts of others, the ability to jump or fall great distances without harm, or discharge lightning from the body. The Force transcends the material universe, and conscious beings with Force ties would return back to the primordial essence of the Force and become one with the gestal consciousness of all life and continue to perpetuate it. This understanding is what is meant when the phrase becoming one with the Force is used to describe the passage of death. In this, there exists another world of the Force, and it is possible for individuals, through secret and rare technique, to learn to maintain their own consciousness, and in some cases, return to the material plane as an apparition, like Obi-Wan appears to Luke as a ghost. There exists within the netherworld of the Force a bubble, described as chaos, where Sith could inhabit after death. It has also been noted for some powerful Force users to be able to transfer their life essence and consciousness into another corporeal form after their death as well. Those, though this technique was rarer still, it required a willing being or empty vessel to inhabit. The Force came into existence at the wellspring of life and is the origin of all life in the galaxy and is the origin of midichlorians and the foundation of what connects the living force and the cosmic force. Its location is unmarked and hidden within a golden nebula somewhere around the center of the galaxy. 
from the foundation of life to the beginnings of civilization, four sensitive species were the first to begin their expansion outwards into the stars and created the first interstellar empires. Ancient civilizations such as Wills, the Kwa, the Gri, the Rakata have had some ability to interact with the Force or were sensitive to it in some way. The Force is ever-present. Through all of the events of the Star Wars story, it exists when life exists and will continue to exist so long as there is life energy. Many, if not all, of the events of Star Wars are influenced by the Force, either directly or indirectly through the actions of the various Force users whose goals and ambitions, philosophies and teachings have led to innumerable conflicts and resolutions. Indeed, the very story of Star Wars is also that of the Force. So, Jordan, um, what do you think? Can Force sensitivity be passed down biologically? Hmm. Um, I would say so. There seems to be some evidence for that. Obviously, with the biggest story in the Star Wars universe is uh, Anakin and Luke Skywalker. Um, and then also Leia, so Leia Organa also being force sensitive, it would um, lead you to believe that uh, force, the force sensitivity can be passed down biologically. Do you feel that way? It's possible. I mean, like to me, it's more the question of like uh, species who exhibit a shared force trait. Um, they. I think is evidence towards biology, but I don't think it's exclusive because uh, not all force users who reproduce necessarily have force sensitive offspring either. Um, and sometimes it's almost like, I guess it could point to genetics being like a, a, a random mutation, for example, if it's biologically linked um, where, you know, you could have two force non force sensitive parents who do end up with a force sensitive child. Maybe it was a, uh, you know, a Mendelian trait that's uh, recessive, so it won't express itself until, you know, both. Yeah, that's what, like, that's what I would think, is that it, it would kind of work how our own genetic traits, like some are passed down and then some are kind of, and some can even be activated environmentally too. Like you, you, That one, there's no evidence. Well, I'm, it's possible. There are evidence of latent force users, but there's right. no evidence of a non-force user becoming a force user. Right. So it's either but, there. But, but what I'm saying is like that they would always have that capacity just until it's like triggered by yeah, events. It's, it's yeah. Sort of triggered, so to speak. Like like Luke Skywalker first using the force. Like he didn't even really know what the force was. I suppose that's true. There's no evidence of him like levitating things by accident. Yeah. yeah. You know, on Tatooine and then yeah. discovering later on. Yeah. Where, whereas with like Anakin, when he was a kid, he exhibited like some force potential because he could like pod race, right? Yeah. Like he could do it very naturally when no other kid could do that, right? Yeah. Like that no, would, no other human. Yeah. No other human. Right. Like, no other Precisely. Human human. Yeah. yeah. So whereas like it seemed like Luke Skywalker it had to be like more triggered, whereas like it, uh, Anakin just could naturally do it. Yeah, but. that's true. Although the story of Anakin <laughs> is exceptional compared to most. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, yeah, and uh, going back kind of the species uh, thing, uh, races like the Iktachi, um, some like Jedi Master CC Tin, the guys with the big horns on either side of their head, uh, they're known to have 
uh, precognition. And it's odd because it's like a racial trait, so they all have it, but it's closely linked to their planet. Hmm. Now, nothing indicates whether or not that ability is even Force-related or it could be something else. Um, personally, I find any kind of, uh, I guess, supernatural elements to Star Wars 99% of the time will return back to being force related. Right. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and assume unless otherwise proven that it might be linked to the force, but it is also somehow linked to their planet. And, uh, the farther away from their planet they are, the weaker that ability becomes. Um, yeah. They also have telepathy as well. Um, again, it could be a natural thing to do with their genetics or biology. That's not force related, but like um, w- what's the extent of their precognition? I don't know if it's ever really clarified. Um, is it like they they feel an impending doom, or is it like they can like literally see the events, the the the, the the Death Star being built in thirty years? Yeah, I I honestly don't know what the extent of their abilities are, or like how it's quantified. Yeah. Um. And again, like we don't know if it's force related, but yeah, that's what I have for them. Mm-hmm. Um. The Togruta, as I mentioned, also in the episode. Um, they in general have an affinity for the force. Uh, that's not clear whether they all had it, but it also kind of points to like the Metaclorian connection. They're known to have less than the normal number of Metaclorians, but as a whole, they're known to have more force users. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it means all of them or it just means there are more frequencies or instances of individuals who have force abilities. Um, but again, I don't know if that points to like the genetic trait and like how that ties with metachlorians. Cause I think a lot of the genetics, the science and the biology, you have to include the metachlorian thing, which isn't necessarily like it's correlated, but not causal. Yeah. 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 Um, I think like for me, probably the biggest evidence towards like that there is a genetic component to the force. Um, it, well, like you said, there are some species that are just, uh, all seem to have a, a particular ability. But I think, like, the big one is the Sith. And they, and I'm not talking the about... The Sith as a species. The yeah. Sith as a species, not the Dark Lord of the Sith, who yeah. are, like, it's a... more a philosophy than Yeah, like a, yeah. a religion of the yeah. Force. Um, the the Sith, which, which like, existed, what was it, 4,000 years? I don't know the exact dates, but it was a long yeah, time before... A, a long time before the, the original trilogy. Yeah. So... Uh, and they have since gone extinct. Like there's none that exists that we know of. Um, no. I'm sure there are stories of some. No, uh, oh, really? the, the last uh, Sith Lord or the act, the last Sith yeah. species member is known to have died. I forget the character's name. It'll come up in a later episode, but just off the top of my head, um, they are an extinct species now. Yeah. Well, in, in any case, like from what the, all the history that we have on them, like in the Star Wars universe, seems to depict them as being like like as a race everyone has some kind of force sensitivity yeah. there's not like there's not like some that do and some that don't it does seem that there's some sort of you know force adepts within everyone and it's yeah. almost like a natural special ability that they have and then like once uh once they were um uh they were exiled by the jedi and at that point, they started becoming very powerful with the Force, and they started, like, relying on the Force to, uh, almost as a weapon to use against the Jedi. So, and then kind of, that's kind of when the Dark Lord of the Sith, but that's a whole nother story, but it <clears throat> it is, like, to me, it sort of seems to lead that there is, like, a, 
a, a strong genetic component to the force. Um, and then, you know, uh, that, uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, um, two other things too, that I guess that lend credence to that as well is the presence of plants and animals, non-sentient creatures that also are connected to the forest. Yes. So like, how can a plant, you know, mutate so much that one is force sensitive and another is not. So I think it definitely points, uh, to, to it being on some level tied to the biology of the creature in question. Um, the Murakami or orchid is uh, one such example of a plant system that is uh, force sensitive, and the uh, voxen um, used by the uh, Yazong Vong, um, they could also uh, use or could detect the force. Yeah. Um, and they were more like hounds, like animals, dogs. Yeah. Um, so again, they would obviously have been bred with those traits, particularly with the Yazong Vong, who used you know, biology is warfare. Yeah. Um, to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. And so, uh, with all that being said, do you think that like we have like the, the Skywalker line, do you think that like lineage matters? Do you think that like you can grow a stronger force? Uh, breeding. Yeah, like like by selectively <laughs> Insert a little breeding. bit of eugenics yeah. <laughs> into your Star Wars. Yeah. Um, like, it, is is that pot, so does like your line actually matter or is it just, is it sort of just random, random mutations and you might be slightly more likely but not necessarily? Yeah, it might be a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to say it, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's, it's evident that strong force users often do breed strong force children yeah again it's not a rule but and i mean even after like the skywalker line right like we see it go down even a hundred years in the future right and there are, are individuals who are still exhibiting force abilities yeah um yeah and like the solo children right role, and luke's child even right yeah. grandchild third generation skywalker yeah it um, is it is interesting to note that like in both um in both the Star Wars canon and the Star Wars legends, even like Leia has force abilities. Yeah, that's but, true. But they're much, they're definitely, she does not seem to be nearly as powerful as Luke is in using the force. Yeah, and I, I do wonder, I don't, I don't know if that's true outright. I think it's just Luke had training. Yeah, and that could be the thing. She yeah. just hasn't practiced She has like it. raw yeah, potential, yeah. but doesn't necessarily have uh, the training to, to utilize it. Yeah. Um. She d she is referred to as the other option if Luke fails. Um. When mm -hmm. Yoda and Obi Wan are discussing like, right, when yeah. Luke is going to face Darth Vader, Yoda mentions there is another. So potentially, like, had she been trained by Yoda, yeah, had, you know, had she decided to walk the path of a Jedi more so than a a queen and a senator, mm -hmm. um. You know, I think your interest just laid elsewhere outside right. of it. But kind of going back to the lineage and genetics, I mean, like the Katarn family as well is described as being a strong force uh, lineage. I don't want to say that, you know, just because you were born to non-force sensitive parents, for example, and certain races, again, have greater frequencies of force users. Humans really, I think, tend to be the middle ground on that. Yeah. Where, I mean, we don't know how many thousands of, or billions of humans there are in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, but like what percentage of that become Jedi yeah. or have force abilities? Cause not even all of them become Jedi or get discovered. Right. 
Um, so like how frequent is it say in like humans, um, or how often, you know, do non force sensitives have a force sensitive child? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, like I, to me, it seemed like if you're just like a casual Star Wars fan and you just saw like the movies and that's it, you would tend to think that there's something special about the Skywalker line and that there is something special about their lineage. And I would think that too. Um, but you're, you are right. There's not like necessarily definitive evidence. They, they don't like say that outright. No. Right. Like it, but it's, it's, it almost seems well, like, I mean, a, it does tie into the prophecy of the chosen one too. Right. I mean, if, yeah. Once you layer on that element of it, of course, like at the very least that individual that's prophesied is special, yeah. special in the universe. And yeah. And, and also even, even though like Luke Skywalker is a very, very powerful Jedi, I think most people agree that like, he still is nothing compared to Darth Vader at Darth Vader's like height of his power. Like, yeah, it, like Darth Vader is just pure raw force power yeah. and he can use it very much at will. And, uh, so it, it does almost seem like as the line goes down, it's kind of it like, be yeah, it's like bit. a little less, less powerful, you know? But, yeah. I could see an argument for that as well. Um, I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But I think also with the, uh, in the Canon universe, uh, one of the messages are really trying to drive home, uh, as I understood it with the, uh, the last Jedi was trying to make the force accessible to all people. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It, 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 they, it seemed, and it wasn't necessarily like they were, they didn't explicitly say they were going this route, but it, they were definitely hinting at like the, the force is now like there's, you don't have to be like a special person to use the force. Like anyone can use the force. It's accessible to anyone. Um, which is, I think maybe sullies the rest of the story a little bit more, especially the story of Anakin, who he is like the chosen one. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like any, now anyone can be that powerful right. if they needed to be. Yeah. Or if the situation and called for it. Yeah. Particularly with how they explained Ray in the most recent movie. Um, yeah where she seems to not really be anything special, yet she's clearly the most powerful <laughs> Jedi, Jedi we have ever seen, seen yeah. like, in a long, long time, right? Yeah. Like, like, if she's as talented as she is now, yeah. um, like, you can only conceive that she is far more powerful than Luke Skywalker, like... That's what I'm led to assume based on what we see in the film. Right, and that's it. We're just assuming based yeah. on, like, the evidence that we have. So... So that sort of like, and that's where it's a little inconsistent with the prequels because they kind of yeah. bring in the metachlorian yeah. debate. At the very least, yeah. yeah. Um, it 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 it's makes it an exclusive group. Um, like those that have the force and those that don't, those that can sense it and those that can't. And there's a ranking within those that are force sensitive, right? Like you have characters like Anakin and Yoda who are clearly more powerful than others. How much of that is raw talent and how much of that is like just training and years of experience? Right. I don't know. I can't say. And and Yoda lived to be 900 years old. Yeah. So he had a lot of time to hone his yeah, abilities. His abilities, right, yeah. compared to a, a person that only lives to 65, for yeah. example, right? So again, I, I can't speak to how much of that is learned or innate in a person. Um, but the other thing too to consider is like the Jedi at the height of their power, or at the very least before their fall. I don't know if I'd call that the height of their power. Um, the Jedi Council of like episodes one, two, and three, 
uh, they're, they're, what they would do is they would go out into the galaxy to recruit new Jedi, and they would go to random parents on random planets and just pick up Force-sensitive children who were, they could tell either through checking their Metachlorian count or who could sense it, of a certain age, obviously a lot younger than Anakin, their natural ability towards the Force as infants. So, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, even though it's an exclusive club, it's still a pretty big club. I mean, there were thousands of Jedi in yeah, Star Wars, and yeah. that doesn't even count those that weren't discovered, those that, you yeah. know, left the Order, those who were Sith, those, you know. The, the galaxy is a big place. So even though, it, yeah, it might be an, an exclusive club, it's not that exclusive. Yeah. It's not, like, unheard of. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so kind of going to the more metaphysical aspects of the Force, uh, this is an interesting question. Do you think that the Force has a conscience or a will? Um, you often hear characters in Star Wars talk about the will of the Force, um, describing it almost as like a personified being um, versus like the just all consciousness that we know it to be. Do yeah. you, you think of, is it more of a god entity with a singular purpose and like a plan for the galaxy? Or could it be more just like a free-flowing entity that exists yeah, there there does seem to be like a few different even within the stories. There's like a few dis, seems to be a few different interpretations, and maybe maybe that's like the authors of these stories interpreting it different, or maybe it's like people just sort of adding character to the characters, like yeah. saying that like different people have different interpretations Beliefs, yeah, about course. the force. Yeah, um, yeah. There there's there's definitely like it seems like there's one aspect that that kind of believes that like the force is almost like it's almost like uh like matter you know that can be manipulated yeah and used as a tool yeah it sounds like a lot like sith teaching yeah yeah, yeah exactly and and that it, it's it's like the force is your is kind of your weapon yeah. or it has no will of its own and you give it will you give it a purpose yeah precisely yeah. and then yeah and then you have the other people who who are like you know the may the force be with you types who yeah. uh, like are personifying the force they're yeah. they're making the force into into something that is almost conscious consciousness itself um and uh i you know what personally i kind of like the idea that the force is is almost like a very abstract consciousness but the the problem is is like yeah because it, it can't restrict itself from being used by like a dark side user right yeah. or a light it, it it's almost like it has no if it is a consciousness it has it has nothing to say about the morality of how it's used yeah it's not actively trying to stop this right or the or the light side yeah. right like so but it, it there are definitely there are definitely uh stories that do treat it almost as if it's like it has a purpose even with things yeah. like a prophecy right for yeah yeah exactly balance and things like yeah, that exactly um it, it kind of implies that there's a greater plan for the yeah. galaxy um the other thing too that i guess adds an interesting moral layer uh like you said when people often a lot of the good guys often say may the force be with you yeah um i guess you could just justify that just as much as saying like may the force be with you when you're speaking to imperials and darth vader because yeah. darth vader uses the force as well right. right yeah so you know without the force being an actively good 
you know, participant in the galaxy and more of like a free flowing consciousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you're just as justified as saying, may the force be with Darth Vader. May the force be with everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, it doesn't matter whether or not they're, they're characterized as being good or bad or yeah. light or dark. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's true. So just as a final thought then, um, and a lot of fans may or may not uh, have an opinion on this, but uh, Metachlorians were introduced to the wider audience in episode one. Uh, however, George Lucas apparently wrote them in in his original drafts for Star Wars. So it's not fair to say necessarily that it's a new concept, but it's new to the audiences. Um, but do you think that Metachlorians ruin the Force? <laughs> well... And I'll probably say this a lot during the uh, podcast, but I saw I first saw episode one, and I was probably ten or eleven. So in my mind, it was a really cool movie. Yeah. And so, like after that first impression, it's hard for me to like. I can watch it now and definitely see the glaring flaws in the film. Yeah. But. It's hard for me to like even some of those concepts. I thought that was a cool concept back then when I was like a kid. Was like, oh, Metachlorians, like yeah, that explains everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it explains everything. Especially a complex idea for a child. To totally. Understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it. So I'm not. I I get that it does. It it is sort of a. It takes away from like the mysticism that the Force was, kind of, especially in the original. I trilogy. think that's the biggest complaint most fans have is it yeah. ruins a bit of the the spiritual component totally. to to it and tries to give it a scientific grounding. Yeah, um, and that's definitely my argument against Metaclorians, um, is that it's just it was this out of left field kind of need to explain like we knew we knew through obi-wan and yoda what the force was we knew how it operated yep. we didn't need a scientific explanation right. for it and it did kind of like it's almost like uh, the wizard of oz and you kind of pull back the the curtain and you, you know you're kind of like you were in awe of the wizard when he was this big floating head but now he's just you know yeah oh it's just science right yeah um that being said with the later uh, lore that came out through books and things they did try to backpedal a little bit off Metachlorians. And that's why you see a lot of stuff where like, well, Metachlorians don't necessarily uh, determine how strong someone is with the force. It's, it, they say it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's correlated, but it's not caused. Right. right? So sure. A, a being might have a higher Metachlorian count than another. It's, it could be indicative that they're stronger with the force and a lot of, in like 99% case or whatever number of cases it is true, Yeah, but it's not exclusively true. It's, it's almost like a, the best way to understand it is almost like, like say IQ scores, right? Like yeah. in, in our own world, like if you have a very high IQ, you know, you're probably going to be likelier to be an engineer or, or a doctor or something, Yeah, but not necessarily. You could still be a bum yeah, <laughs> with absolutely. a high IQ. You, yeah. Like you can still uh, be uh, unproductive. Yeah. Or, be yeah. lazy and, and just not go anywhere. Yeah. Not actually utilize that IQ, you know, like, yeah. It's not like a given that just because you have IQ, like a high IQ that you're going to be successful, right? And it's not a given that just because you don't have a high IQ that you're, you're not going to be that you won't be there. Yeah, yeah. Even but maybe it almost sounds like that's the best way for me to understand it. Like otherwise, you you can. Otherwise, it's almost then why have metachlorians at all if they don't really have anything? Any to do. purpose? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, an interesting species again is the Togruta. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention this, but it, uh, Jedi masters like Shakti and uh, Anakin's Padawan Ahsoka Tano right. are that species. Um, they, like I mentioned, are known to have like very high numbers of force sensitives, but are also known to not have very high numbers of metachlorian counts compared to other species as well. So mm-hmm. like you have a whole race that kind of breaks the logic of the metachlorian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, totally. To me, I wish it wasn't a thing. I don't think it's really necessary for the Star Wars universe, but yeah, I think I do like the way they kind of explain it where it's like, like who knows? Maybe metachlorians are attracted to beings that have strong force energy, but they just don't get to all the beings that have it, right? Yeah. So you could be born with a lower metachlorian count, but not enough metachlorians were necessarily attracted to your cells, like you know, in in every in embryonic stage or on your planet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, to actually infuse your bloodstream with them, right? Yeah. Because that they are the biological component, so it's not like they would you know materialize out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. So I I do like how they've kind of backpedaled on it. Where it's not exclusively like, oh yeah, you could just count someone's metachlorians and automatically assume they'd be like a the best Jedi in the galaxy. Yeah, um, it does. Like, it, here's the thing: is I I'm probably I'm a little bit on the fence with it. I'm probably more towards the side like I wish they would have just kept it mystical and magical. Yeah, and uh, and and that was kind of more fun, more imag- imaginative, uh, yeah. but. At the same time, like, it does – I'm not, like, I don't hate the idea of it. Yeah, it doesn't ruin the Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. And it does kind of help explain some things, even, even like, for instance, like, because they train kids – like, the Jedi Order trains kids from the time they're, like, four years old, right? Or as soon as they even can younger, walk. Yeah, yeah, they have infancy. Yeah. They take oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. So, like, how would they even know that they're Force-sensitive unless there's, like, a biological component to that? Well, that's the thing is, like, they people with Force abilities can theoretically detect others with Force abilities as well, right? Yeah, I, guess, so I suppose so. You could just use magic to explain magic, Yeah, right? <laughs> You walk in, you're like, oh, I sense this child is strong with the Force. That's yeah. all it takes. And then, you know, they yeah. scoop him away. And yeah, I get – but even that seems a little, like, a silly literary device to, like – just say, oh, like I can sense this infant. But it hasn't been. It's not like it's not been done. Like Darth Vader can sense Obi Wan on the Death Star, for yeah, example, yeah. right? So, no, I know, but you would think that an infant is like not very powerful in the Force. No, and it would be difficult to detect their Force abilities. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. Maybe an infant sits on its like carpet and suddenly it's levitating like its little blocks, and then <laughs> the parents are like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" Yeah, you know, and then they suddenly get a knock on the door from the Jedi Order to abduct your child. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then they force lightning you. When they get mad. <laughs> yeah, they get angry and suddenly yeah. you know they start force choking their dad. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be scary. I don't want a force sensitive child. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I know, like. I guess magic. <laughs> That's <it>. magic explains <laughs> magic. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, I guess it just brings it maybe more into the realm of like logical. But it, it's not. Yeah, I don't hate the idea. I, I'd probably be okay without it though if it wasn't in yeah. existence. So I'm not like like I know there's some people who just like I'm very strong. Opinions yeah, on very this. very like heated about it. I'm just like man, it's it's it is what it is. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note. Um, We'll close off here. Um, thanks for listening. If you guys have any opinions on what we just talked about, uh, go ahead and drop us a line. Uh, if there's anything we got wrong or something you you know want to throw your two cents in, we're here to listen. We're here to talk. 
Uh, so just let us know what you think, uh, especially on those questions at the end of the episode. Uh, peace out. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give the show a five-star rating and review, and give us a follow on social media. This episode was produced and edited by me, Jordan Swaim, written and directed by Christian Lutz and Sam Swaim. All original music was scored and recorded by my music project, Farewell to Shadowland. Thanks for flying with us. We are interested to hear from you. You can reach us at starlorspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, comments, or corrections. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating, review, and subscribe. You can also help us out through our Patreon at the Star Lords Podcast. Find us on Instagram, the Star Lords Podcast, on Facebook at the Star Lords Podcast, on Twitter at the Star Lords Podcast, and on YouTube, Star Lords Podcast. We'll catch you next time.